But I would like to see a continuous improvement, right, to make the industry safer. And for pig units, the way you can do that is to plan what we're doing to re-examine is there a better way of doing this? Because often the safer way is also the more efficient way of doing things. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of The Pig Edge, Chagas' pig podcast with me, Amy Quinn, where we are bringing you the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date. Farm Safety Week took place from July 17th to 21st, aiming to raise further awareness of farm health and safety, share stories or technology that improve farm safety and challenge farm safety attitudes and encourage farmers to look after their physical and mental health. With this in mind, we thought it would be an opportunistic time to revisit health and safety on pig farms. So on this episode, I'm joined by pig specialized advisor, Michael McKeown, who has a particular interest in farm health and safety to discuss the main issues and best practice from what he sees on the ground, out of farms, and the main supports available to farmers. I started by asking Michael what he thinks are the main farm safety issues he sees out there on the ground, from the small to the big. If you take it in general for agriculture, the three big ones are height, machinery, and animals. And that's where most of the accidents actually happen. Um, So if we take these and put them onto our pig unit, if we look at height, skylights will be the big one. Okay, Um, so where you have skylights or where you have asbestos roofs will be the other one. Uh, They are a significant thing because what happens over time is skylights get get painted over or they get get covered over. And when someone's going up on the roof to do maintenance, they don't realize skylights there fall through the skylight and they're falling 15 or 20 meters. Um, the same thing with asbestos. If the asbestos roofs are being replaced and they get very old or you have uh, the cement fiber roofs, again, they get very, very thin. So when someone goes up, the roof might look as if it's perfectly intact until you step on it and then you fall through it. So they would be on a pig unit. They would be some of them. Machinery is probably down to traffic. Uh, so on a on and the pig unit, you have a lot of traffic coming and going. You have a lot of our tick trucks coming in with with uh, with feed or with pigs leaving and stuff like that. And probably a lesser one then would be quads. Uh, quads in general over the last number of years have 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 caused a lot of accidents and injuries. Um, you mightn't think it was on a. Uh, it's applicable to a pig unit, but actually we had a pig manager there just a few years ago, had a quad and was actually out spraying and the, the, the quad was driving along at an incline and the sprayer behind it was full and the, the, the liquid in the sprayer or the water in the sprayer all moved over to one side and the center of balance of the quad actually changed and it flipped it. So uh, the, uh, the person was actually pinned underneath the quad and quads are very, very big. Like quads can be half a ton upwards uh, for some of the big quads. So like trying to get that dead weight off you is a huge issue. And with uh, with that uh, with that person in particular, he had a lot of effort trying to uh, uh, trying to pull himself out from under the quad. Now he did manage it, but he had some injuries after it. So simple things like that is just where something happens that's unforeseen with quads and next thing it flips it, you know. Um, and the other one, I suppose, that the big tree is animals. So in in Generally, with livestock, you see farmers where they're getting crushed in uh, 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 with calving cows. Um, with the pig sector, we don't have that. The one we have is boars, and we kind of forget about boars um, because there used to be a much bigger element on units uh, back in the day. But with the arrival of AI, we've lot less boars on units. But actually, what happens now with the boars and units is that the boar becomes a pet. So the boar might be there for five, six, uh, eight, even seven birthdays. 
And he actually gets very, very big. So he gets, instead of being two or 300 kilos, he can get up to 400 kilos, a big, big animal. And the bigger the animal is, the bigger the risk is. Um, and so if he's aggressive, it's a big, big issue because you're 400 kilos um, and he's coming at you. But even something sim- simple, um, there was a unit a number of years ago and there was a boar in his pen at the side and there was bars in the side wall of the pen. And as the... As the worker was walking up along the passageway, the boar had a tusk and he simply just nodded his head and um, or swiped his head up. And as the person was walking by, the side of their tie got split open with uh, his tusk because his tusk is really, really sharp at the, at, at, at the very end. And they slit open the leg and it was actually only as as, as a worker uh, uh, had passed by that he realized there's something wrong with his leg. And it was just such a clean cut. So simple, simple things like that with animals as well, and especially with boars uh, for pig units, we need to keep an eye on. But the big one I would have, or the big, the biggest risk of all for pig units is hydrogen sulfide. So hydrogen sulfide, you'll all be aware of, is 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 a rotten egg smell that we smell. Now, unfortunately, we can smell it at lower concentrations under about ten parts per million. But once it gets above that it knocks out the olfactory smell in our noses. So we can't actually smell uh, the hydrogen sulfide gas. So we can be putting our head down into a cloud of hydrogen sulfide gas and we can't actually smell it. And obviously if we're inhaling hydrogen sulfide, we're not inhaling oxygen and you'll simply black out straight away. And there was uh, a desperate case with the Nevin Spence family there a number of years ago where they went in to get their sheepdog and they all uh, uh, were reaching down to grab the sheepdog initially and they put their head down into uh, the gas that was above the tank, uh, uh, sorry, above the above the slurry in the tank. And unfortunately, they blacked out and fell into the tank. And um, there was three fatalities as a result of that. So it can happen. Hydrogen sulfide is very, very dangerous. And where it happens, where the risk is for pig units is if slats, uh, if they collapse or the support underneath the lentils underneath the slats uh, will collapse, Pigs fall into the tank. Now, it doesn't happen very often, but if it does happen, pigs fall into the tank and the first reaction of a pig producer is to try and save the pigs uh, because they're looking for the pig welfare. So what they do is they get down into the tank and they try and save the pig. But what actually happens is when the pig falls into the tank is it's breaking the crust at the top of the tank. And as the pig is swimming, he's nearly agitating the tank at the top and the gas is all coming up. So when you reach down to grab that pig, you're going to be inhaling the gas. So that is a huge risk for a pig unit. So uh, obviously you never, ever get into a tank there. It's not worth the risk. You drain the tank. Um, so they would be, I would see on farms, what the main issues is for pig farms out there at the moment. What are the main preventative safety precautions you've seen out there on farms to minimise or eliminate these risks? Okay, if you go back to the big tree, as I said, at the height of machinery and animals, skylights simply don't have them you know you don't need skylights on a window uh, for pig buildings for two reasons one there's a big heat loss because there's no insulation with the skylight so the amount of heat loss you're losing from the building is huge and also the light actually triggers uh ottoman fertility in sows so from a functional point of view you don't need or don't want skylights and obviously if you don't have the skylights there it's eliminating the risk on the roofs um, on the machinery side of things, you want to keep trucks outside the fence line. OK, so you don't have people and trucks all moving in the same area. So you have the trucks on the outside of the fence, on the external part of the unit, and you have the people walking around within the yard. And this is good for humans, obviously, because you, uh, 
there's less chance of accident, but also even from a disease point of view, from African swine fever, from PERS, from, from things like that, you don't have the trucks coming into the yard. So it's a no-brainer. Have trucks outside the fence line. Um, for the boars, simply keep younger boars. There's no need to keep a boar there for his seventh birthday. You know, you need to keep the younger boar at the end of the day is only being used as a teaser boar now, largely. So you, if, if you have a boar, a younger boar at 200 kilos, he's he'll be able to do the job um, really well. There's no need for have a huge boar there. And the other thing is then with new staff, just to emphasize there, just precautions that you need to take around the young boars and just that you need to be careful with driving boards, how you're moving them, stuff like that, just that they're aware of that and that you're training there specifically with the boars. And on the gas, as I mentioned, you never, ever, ever get into a tank with pigs, never. So what you do is you drain the tank um, and it, uh, the pigs, unfortunately, will be dead, but it's far better off to have uh, uh, some pigs being dead than a human dead, you know, and that's the reality of the situation. So you simply drain the tank, allow the gas then after a number of hours to simply to escape through the sluices. And then after that, then you'll be able to retrieve the dead pigs uh, from the tank. Yeah, I suppose once the pigs enter the tanks, they're, they're, it's not a viable option to save them ever, really. It's not. And, and, and in fairness, you feel bad for the pigs. And the first instinct of the farmer is always to try and save the live animal. But at the end of the day, the risk of it is way too high. And that is why you have insurance on your animals at the end of the day as well. From a financial point of view is, look, they're insured. And if they go into the tank, you simply can't save them at that stage. So just leave them. Um, and um, because a human life is more valuable at the end of the day. Absolutely. In general, what are the other main health and safety measures farmers are or should be adopting on farms? Yeah, I suppose, look, you're going back to your health and safety statement. So your health and safety statement is going to have all the risks on the farm and it's going to have what you do to combat those risks or to minimise those risks. But the problem is in some farms is that staff don't even know that a health and safety statement actually exists. Um, and the big problem with that is there that if you had a fire on the unit, for example, do the staff actually know what the air code is of the pig unit? So if they're trying to call the fire brigade, the fire brigade obviously is going to ask, well, where are you? And if you don't know the, if the staff don't know the air code, it's going to be very hard to direct the fire engine there. And the air code will be on the health and safety statement as uh, the emergency procedures. Um, the other issue as well is uh, on a unit a couple of years ago, they had a fire in uh, one of their wiener rooms and they called the fire brigade because um, uh, the thing was starting to get out of hand. They called the fire brigade. Fire brigade arrived and they said, where is, is your water source here uh, or the nearest river or stream? And the guys on the unit didn't know. And the manager was actually on holidays at the time and they didn't know. So the fire engine, when it comes, is only 15 to 20 minutes of water. And 15 to 20 minutes of water for a pig building is not a huge amount. Um, so they immediately need to know where the water source is so they can start pumping it from the river or the stream or wherever it is, or they need to get a fire tender to go down and start bringing it up and down. So simple things like that, that would be in your health and safety statement on, on under the emergency uh, uh, sort of procedures. But if people aren't aware of the health and safety statement, they haven't taught you these things or, or they're not aware of these things. So simple things like that is why you really need a health and safety statement. And the problem with, with the safety statement is in some units, it's left there as a dusty document, you know, and that's basically a waste of time. All you're doing there is a box ticking exercise. The health and safety statement needs to be a live, a live document. 
everybody's aware of it, first of all, and everybody has an input into uh, the updated document. So if you have small risks on the unit from the day-to-day thing, if there's a drill there and there's wiring or there's something or there's electric cable there and it's going outside or there's a problem there, they're making the owner and the manager aware of this immediately. And then also with the smaller things there of needles or injections or something like that, if there's issues there that you say, right, we can do this better then that needs to come into the health and safety statement as this is the new way that we're actually doing this to minimize the risk. So everybody has an input into it. And especially for the smaller little, the smaller risks there and the day-to-day risks. So they all have an input into the update of it. It's easily accessible. It's beside the notice board or it's beside somewhere that you can put your hand in it very, very quickly if you need to put your hand in it in the case of an emergency. So that's the biggest thing. It's actually thinking through the risks. Why are we doing what we're doing? Is there a better way you're doing it from a safety point of view? And everybody is aware of if something happens, this is what we do. Here's the procedure in the health and safety statement. And that's why it needs to be a live document, not just uh, sitting on a dusty shelf somewhere. Yeah, I suppose even just having it so, so active, it it encourages farmers and staff to think about it continuously, I suppose, and have convers- have the conversations they need to have, highlight the risks as they come up, the near misses and things like that, and include them in the health and safety document. And ultimately, I suppose, you know, keep kind of striving to better and better practices. Yep, onwards and upwards. Yep. So we've covered many of the safety risks quite a bit, but what about the other side of the equation, the health side? What are the main health issues you're seeing out there on farms? The main health issues, I call it uh, the boots, back and brains. Uh, and uh, we go through to treat them there. Boots is probably an unusual and we're kind of saying, well, is boots really an issue for your health? Uh, now, at the risk of uh, from a safety issue, you can say, right, the boots are worn, they're, they're slippy. But actually, the boots are an issue uh, for health as well, because the work boots there and a lot of units still, there are a certain amount of people that are walking around, which is Wellingtons. OK, and Wellingtons aren't actually good enough because the average worker on a pig unit could be doing 20 to 30,000 steps a day. So uh, we all hear about trying to get your 10,000 steps. A lot of pig units there would have the 10,000 steps done nearly before the 10 o'clock tea. So um, the because they're doing so many steps, it's good in one way, obviously, from um, a fitness point of view. But the downside is that you're doing a lot of mileage. And if you're doing a lot of mileage and your boots are worn or they're worn on one side, so the inside, uh, the instep may be worn, it means then that your ankles or your knees or your hips are getting extra wear. It's not, um, it's it's all to one side. So the weight load is coming on one side. So you're going to get extra wear in the cartilage there on the inside of your knee or the inside of your ankles. Um, and that's bad. So all units need to look at the boots. They need to have proper work boots with good support, with good ankle support on them. And they need to be changing them probably every six months at least. But you simply can see if you turn over your boots, are they worn at the back? Are they worn on one side? If they're starting to get worn, you need to change them. Because over time, that wear and tear in the cartilage is going to mean that you're going to have problems with your ankles. You're going to have problems with your knees, knees replacement or hip replacements. Okay. So that's the boots. The back bit is obviously... um, just manual lifting and manual handling. Um, so pigeons have improved over the years now. A lot of time at one stage, there was a lot of manual lifting, a lot of bags, a lot of that. There's much, much less than that. Where you'd see it now probably is with link feed, where units still would maybe bagging in some link feed. 
And I would say, look, for the sake of that, simply just put an auger and a new bin in. It's going to cost you 10 or 12 grand. And from a labor efficiency point of view, as well as a health point of view to save your backs with lifting bags all over the place, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And speaking of brains, the last one then is the brains. Um, so the pig sector is a very uh, um, up and down. Uh, there's profitability, there's losses. And as a result of that, there's a lot of stress in the industry. And sometimes the stress in the industry, you have to be able to manage your stress levels. And how you're managing your stress levels is to realize, right, this is coming and this is going, but it's it's a stage where I am at the moment and not let it get on top of you. And, and as part of that, to reduce your stress levels is in the evenings to be able to switch off, to be able to do something, whether it's training the under sixes or whether it's out for a cycle with your friends or whether it's playing a game of 45 down with uh, in the local community center. You need to have some outlet to switch off, to reduce your stress levels, to switch off your brain. Um, because otherwise the industry is a very, very stressful industry and you have to be able to do that. So that's where I'm saying that you need to be looking after your brain as well as part of your health. Um, and as part of that, even, even breathing relaxation exercises is that you inhale for seven seconds, exhale for 11 seconds. You know, it just calms the body down and calms the brain down. And the big thing then from that is obviously just to talk to people like um, they, I suppose it's often rolled out that a problem halved is a problem or if it's a problem shared is a problem halved and that is really really true because if you can just talk about the issues to somebody it may not be in the family but to somebody else it can really help to reduce your stress levels because to somebody else they might be able to fix your problems but at least you're sharing the problem there and that automatically has an effect on your stress levels so that would be the main ones i would say on the health side of things is there funding available for farms to improve their health and safety there is, there is, there is, uh, there's TAMS funding there at the moment um, there. So you can apply up to 90,000 uh, as part of the TAMS funding. So for pig units, what you'd be looking for a replacement of old slats, obviously, is one. Um, there is outside lighting for yard lighting um, um, for for that side of things um, to improve yard lighting. There is for agitation points there where you have a gang slat there for an ag- as an agitation point if it's that's getting worn and if it's getting if it's getting dangerous. There's Tams funding for that. Um, there's also a new a new funding available as well for replacement of PTO shafts. So this is something that Minister for Sa- Minister for State um, uh, Minister Hayden is after bringing in there. So pig units and all all farms can replace up to two power shafts um, um, in uh, uh, with funding for free. So if you have no cover on your power shaft, on on the PTO shaft, sorry, obviously it's a high risk. If you get caught in that, it is extremely um, extremely dangerous um, and will lead to serious serious injury if not death. So what they're trying to do is to try and eliminate the PTO shafts without any covers. So that is where you're entitled to up. If, if you apply, you can get up to two free, uh, free PTO shafts. So that is a, a new, a new thing that's available there at the moment as well. Um, so yeah, so the TAMS funding and the PTO shafts would be probably the main ones there for health and safety funding. And are there any other resources available from Chagas to improve health and safety? So from the Chagas point of view, we have a new uh, a new induction video. It's available on, 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 on the Chagas Pig website. And basically, it's an induction video for new workers, first of all, to show 
they may have no experience of a pig unit before. So it gives them a very a, a, a short, concise, informative course there for about 20 minutes. They're um, working through the main risks on the unit and the main, I suppose, skills that they're going to need on the unit as well. And just gives them an overall view of the risks of the unit and what to do and what not to do. So it's very, very good for new staff and even for older staff there. It's something that's very accessible because because it's online, you can do it in the farm office. So it is very accessible from that point of view. So I would definitely say all pig units should be should have the link for the induction course. And you'll find it there, as, as, as I said, on, on the pig website, uh, the Chagas pig website. And they should be using it because it's really available there. And uh, it, it, it is definitely well worth using it for new staff and even, even older staff. Following on, I suppose, the other thing we provide is health and safety courses. Um, and the health and safety courses are tailored for uh, for pig units. So they're not uh, a generic course. They're actually tailored for the risks on on uh, that you're going to find on your pig unit. And therefore, it's a half-day courses, um, which we run there as required. So we ran a number of them this year already. If you do want to... Uh, be part of that course, simply contact your Chagas advisor and um, you will be informed then of, 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 of the next course in your area. And probably the, the, the other new initiative is the apprenticeship course. So the apprenticeship course is, is going to start to run in September. And as part of the apprenticeship course, there will be um, significant health and safety module within that. So the newer people who are coming into the industry and the younger people are coming in the, in, into the industry, hopefully we're training them at the start as to how to do the thing right and to be aware of the risks and to be aware of the, uh, uh, the health and safety issues out there at the moment. So that apprenticeship course, as I said, is starting in September. If you have an issue, if you have an interest in someone going on the apprenticeship course, uh, just contact your Chagas advisor as well on that. Or even, I suppose, if anybody's interesting in, interested in just being a host farm, just oh, make, them, yeah, make themselves known to us and we will, I suppose, help them with all the details and getting set up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any other training a staff farm should consider for themselves or staff? I suppose the other one I would always recommend is first aid. Okay. Train, get someone in to properly train your staff in first aid. And it's a two, it's a win win. One, it's obviously first aid for the, uh, for staff and units. So if somebody gets injured, or somebody else has been trained to do it. But even as a life skill for your own family, for your own friends, and stuff like that, it's a brilliant skill to have. And it's a skill probably that needs to be updated, even if you've done the, the, the first aid course before. It is uh, something that needs to be done every number of years again, just as a refresher course. But I would say to all employers, really. It's a great thing to give to your staff because it's not even just for the pig unit. It's for life as a whole, whether you're at a match or whether it's something that happens at home or something like that. At least the first aid course is really, really good to how to respond because it's always that uh, uh, the first golden minutes of something happening and how you respond to that um, is, is, is really the important factor. And so if they get first aid training, it'll be with them for life. Aside from the first aid training, manual handling will be the other one. So specifically manual handling course for workers so if you are lifting how to lift properly how to move properly with loads um and knowing your limitations and working out before is there a better way of doing things um so i'd recommend manual handling for all pig units as well and again once uh, it's it's just once you understand the principles of it you automatically start to follow them and again it's helping your back it's helping your joints it's helping it's just keeping you healthy and safe on units. So I'd recommend manual handling for, for all pig units as well. 
Another important thing worth mentioning, Michael, is the supports that are available if there is or if there has been a health and safety issue on a farm or even personally. Could you tell us a bit about these resources? So I suppose, first of all, just at a very simple level is, as I said, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling um, if you're feeling that you're suffering a bit from depression, um, you really need to reach out and try and just tell somebody. Right. So obviously your Chagas advisor is there. We're well used to hearing issues. And what we'll try and do is we'll try and put the support in around you to try and help, help the situation. The other one, obviously, is your GP. If you feel that um, you don't want to share the family at home, share the issues at home, then your GP is is is, is available, and Smartens as well uh, are also online. So that's for people maybe who are feeling just under the pressure at certain times, and um, they just need to talk to people. And I, I, I said, I just can't emphasize enough. Talk to somebody. It doesn't really matter who you're talking to it's just once you're talking you're sharing and you're getting your stress levels are starting to reduce simply by sharing and by talking to somebody and the person may not have the answers but they can start to help you see how do we get a support system just around you from a financial point of view or from uh, you know general health issues the other one other organization is Embrace. Uh, it's embracefarm.com. Um, and they do really, really good work where there's been um, a serious accident or a tragic accident in a farm situation. They're a really, really good organization to to support the other farm uh, uh, farm members and farm family. And they're, uh, they're set up specifically for farming families. So they understand the issues. They understand what is needed to try and support the families. And they do extremely good work. And I, as as I said, if uh, you can contact your Chagas advisor to find out the links for that, or it's embracefarm.com if 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 you want to go on the website um, to contact them. Yeah, I suppose they cover I suppose uh, emotional or financial or technical support. So they kind of cover cover lots of things. Yeah, so they have a wide uh, they have a wide remit as well. So I would they're extremely good. They're set up for farm families, so they have a lot of experience in that area. Just to finish up, Michael, going forward, how would you like to see health and safety improving? Agriculture has always been has has an issue from from a, fer, uh, a fatality point of view. It is the highest level of fatalities for the size of the sector. Um, now, this has vastly improved over the last two to three years, which is great news. Now, whether that's down to COVID, we're not quite sure as yet. Uh, it will we will have to see what uh what happens in 2023 and 2024 um and you might kind of ask how did COVID have an effect on health and safety but actually when they analyzed the data of accidents one of the things they found is that the peak time for accidents is on a friday evening at 5 to 6 p.m and you kind of wonder why is that but it's because as people and they're rushing they have to go somewhere they're rushing to get the job finished up they're not taking time or they're taking chances and therefore something goes wrong and there maybe during COVID, because we weren't going as many places, we didn't have that pressure to finish up faster, and therefore we took more time. So therefore, there's there's less accidents. So we're not quite sure if that's a, a, a is 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 fully the answer. Yes, it it it's it's only we'll see in 2023 and 2024 if the if the lower level of fatalities uh, actually holds where it is at the moment. But what I would like to see to answer your question is a continuous improvement, right, to make the industry safer. Um, and for pig units, the way you can do that is to plan 
what we doing to re-examine is there a better way of doing this? Because often the safer way is also the more efficient way of doing things. So actually there is a return on, on, on your investment or return on just sitting down and saying, right, how do we improve this actions or how do we improve the tasks? And if you can make them, if you can make them better and, and, and safer, the chances are you're also being more efficient as well. So that's where I would like to see that continuous uh, uh, continuous improvement over the next couple of years. And obviously, if you want more help with this, simply uh, uh, just speak to your Chagas advisor on that. I think we'll leave it there, Michael. There's a lot there for us to think about from general advice, shared experiences from farms and the supports available to people. Thanks very much. Thank you. That's it for this episode of The Pig Edge. And many thanks to Michael for joining me on the show. Don't forget to listen and follow on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode. And for more information from the Pig Development Department, go to chagas.ie forward slash pigs and follow us on Twitter at at Until next time, I'm Amy Quinn and thanks for listening. <laughs>